All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Greetings, folks, and welcome to KISS FAQ episode number 211. And surprise, surprise, Julian, of course, is not with us. He is away on the KISS cruise. But guess who's hosting? I am this week. That's right. Marcus Almighty on the board. And, of course, joining me this week are my fellow podcasters, Wheeze Daniel. How you doing? I'm fine. That's good. And, of course, we have... 69th Blizzard, the voice of reason over in San Francisco. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Good, Thanks. good. And joining us shortly should be Lonnie. Uh, I believe he's tucked behind a desk, still working hard, but should be joining us very shortly. So what are we going to talk about this week? But before we get started on our topic this week, let's go over a little bit of news that's happening. As we all know, right now, on the wide open seas, we have a big cruise ship sailing out with KISS and many crazed, crazed KISS fans. Amongst them is Julian, obviously, and a lot of other people that we know. So first off, we're going to say, hey, Julian, hope you're all doing well out there and enjoying the cruise. And uh, first thing to talk about really quickly is uh, that amazing Sail Away show. Has it, have any of you guys seen any of the clips from the Sail Away show? And what did you think of it? Yeah, I saw... A few clips, right? One with Ace uh, on the sail away, uh, which is cool. Uh, Bruce Bruce Kulik on there. Um, yeah, it was it's pretty cool seeing them up there with the with Kiss. I guess he's even though Ace is technically Kiss too, or and Bruce, but uh, with the you know with the current lineup. So um, yeah, it was cool seeing them do what New York Groove I know in 2000 Man that sort of stuff. Uh, and then the, I saw uh, a Bruce Kulik, uh, I think, he, was it King of the Mountain? Did yeah. You know? Yeah, I saw yeah, that yeah. one too. So, uh, yeah, that's all pretty darn, you know, it's cool stuff. I, I wish, you know, I was there at that point. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see any of it, Daniel? Yeah, I saw a few of, of the clips. Um, I think it's just great that they can be on the same stage, everybody. And they seem to have, ah, you know, they seem to get along these days. And, uh, uh, of course, I enjoyed the uh, King of the Mountain clip the most because that's one of the songs I've been missing in the set for ages. And I think it's, <laughs> as you all know, uh, one of my favorite tracks from the non-makeup era. Uh, just a blistering song. Uh, it was great to hear it. Even though I would have liked to hear it with Paul Stanley in his prime, that would have been awesome. But I guess this will do. Yeah. Yeah, the set list that they posted from uh, Bruce Kulik's yeah. show was fantastic. I mean, when I took a look at it, I was like, wow, I can't wait when there's the an, an actual, yeah, I can't wait till, till, till there's an actual full, like, taping of it that appears somewhere. I'd love to see that whole set there. Um, another thing I think we should talk about really quickly, maybe not maybe not appear in as good a light, but we'll see what <laughs> we think about it, is... Uh, as we all know, the pre-party happened. As we know, that went over really well. Uh, from all accounts, it was a very well attended. Uh, lots of people had a great time there. Julian was talking about it very highly. Um, and one of the things that happened during this event was Vinnie Vincent performed with 4 by Fate. 
during this night. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen the clips, and let's go around the table and impressions of Vinnie Vincent's first comeback performance on electric guitar. Let's start off with Ken this time. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw it, and uh, the, I don't know, uh, th- there was a lot left to be, um, what's the word? Desired? Desired, desired yeah. <laughs> I guess desired. I guess a big desire. Um, yeah, it's just the basic songs of, you know, with Cold Jim, uh, I Love It I love it Loud, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, Lick It Up. And Lick It Up, right. And the, all the basics, you know, songs, first of all. And, and yeah, um, I thought Vinny was supposed to shred on this thing, but I, pretty much I, I only told you. really sing... <laughs> Uh, a rhythm guitar, you know, just chugging a little bit, you know, it's nothing, nothing special. Um, it was just kind of, I was kind of disappointed. I was thought he was going to just kind of go off and pull off a solo, you know, just like, oh, you know, just like rip into something, but it, it, it never happened, which, <laughs> which is a little strange to me. I was like, well, what's going on here? Um, and then, you know, when he was tuning the guitar, it didn't look like he, could get the guitar tuned, <laughs> so I, uh, I I don't know. It's, it's yeah, like I said, it was a lot to be left to be desired. And uh, from my standpoint, if I went there expecting the shred, I, I would have been disappointed with that. Yeah, Daniel, your thoughts? Well, we all love Ken. He's such an optimistic guy. But a few weeks back, he yes. he was saying. Oh, what he thought this performance would be like. And I told him back then that you will not be uh, content with what you see. And that's what happened, of course. Uh, Vinny Vincent performed the way he did back in the 90s. He was at a convention tour here in Sweden. And he did the same stuff back then. He played Lick It Up and a few others. And he did it like he did it this time. No solos. Uh, nowhere near a solo, uh, just playing the rhythm guitar. And uh, the three songs they played this time around, they are not hard songs, you know. I can play the rhythm guitar to all of those <laughs> tunes, and I'm not even a guitarist. I mean, Cold Gin, it's just the same riff all the way through, and then you have the Gene Simmons part. It's a very easy song mm-hmm. to play. And the same goes for I Love It Loud and Lick It Up. And he seemed to struggle with Cold Gin, at least, um, I don't think he, he, he remembered the song. So I'm really <laughs> concerned for Vinnie Vincent. I'm really concerned. And I'm, uh, I'm not sure what will happen. You know, he, uh, what's the next thing he's supposed to be Is that the, uh, the Memphis? doing? I yeah. think it's the thing in Memphis, his the show. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'm really concerned about that one because it can be a real train wreck. Yeah. We'll, we'll well, see. Well, I mean, the the thing that I found interesting about it was the fact that, you know, even when he had a chance to jump in and do something even small, he he never really did anything except just play rhythm guitar. And the other thing that I found rather interesting was I remember on a podcast, it might have even been um, maybe I think it was Podcast Rock City. They had uh, the guys who organized the uh, pre-party on mm-hmm. and they had they had announced at that time that he had agreed to do uh, two songs at the time. 
And one of them was all hell's breaking loose. They said that he was going to do that night and he didn't play it and he didn't play that. Instead, it was replaced by cold gin. And, you know, like Daniel said, I mean, this, that that isn't exactly, you know, anything too hard to pull off. I mean, not to say it's anything terrible. It's a it's a great song. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, most people who know how to play guitar decently well could go up and do it. I mean, when we went to the uh, to the convention, the rock and pod convention at the jam nights, lots of people were able to play a lot of these kiss songs on rhythm guitar. It was the lead guitar playing that we were all waiting to see Vinny come and do. And I'm sure he knew that. I mean, that's the thing that kind of bothers yeah. me about it. Is I, I'm sure he knew that they were we were waiting to see him play lead guitar. Nobody was saying, man, I can't wait to see Vinny play some rhythm <laughs> guitar tonight. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think that was on anybody's list, you know, of things. So, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed about that. But you know what? Let's not dwell on the negatives. One more thing before we get into our topic I'm curious about is uh, there's been quite a few interviews of late on television, especially here in uh, North America. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in your neck of the woods, Daniel, as far as interviews for that. But one thing that I noticed that Paul has done in these interviews is remember he originally said that they were going to do upwards to 25 songs in the set list. He has now revised this comment in the last couple of interviews that I've seen to saying that they will be doing as high as 20 songs now in their set list, which makes more sense, you know, instead of 25, 25 seemed like a real stretch there. So I think, like I said before, in one of the prior episodes that we were on, I mentioned that I thought it was maybe just a slip of the tongue. He just chose a number like 25 and then now realized that maybe that was a mistake to say and went back to fix it. Any thoughts on him correcting his little slip of the tongue there? Daniel, go ahead first. Well, well, I think I'm not sure if they know themselves what to do. I think they have a lot going on. Uh, I think they will start off this tour one way, but it will look very different by then. Uh, uh, as always, when it comes to Kiss, it's uh, very important with the money. So uh, first off, they will be able to play, you know, just the band maybe. But when uh, the interests start to dwell, I guess they will have to do things differently. And that might be playing a few more songs. It might be adding uh, guest stars, something. But I think uh, I'm not sure that the band knows exactly how this thing will be. They're like testing the waters somewhat, I think. Yeah, that's it's very it's very possible because it seems like the only thing that seems consistent so far in what the interviews have happened is that they're promising the greatest affair in the world, you know, all kinds of explosions, the most explosions, the most this and that. So they're promising everything in the kitchen sink and, you know, the golf clubs as well inside there, too. So um, I think that I hope they won't disappoint us in that sense. But Ken, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he said 25 originally, and then now he's saying at least 20. So meaning, okay, they're going to do 20, but there's a possibility for some more. And maybe that possibility for some more is is only for when there's uh, maybe Ace or Bruce Kulick or whatever maybe shows up for certain shows, and then they will, you know, play... Uh, those few extra songs that will push him over the 20. Um, I, I don't know. You know, that's, 
it's a possibility. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens at the Vancouver uh, show, I guess. Uh, see, they may start off with the big set and reduce it, or it'd be interesting to see how they, if they change anything in the set list as they go along, if they keep, you know, alternate some songs, maybe three songs on an alternate, you know, rotation uh, or a group mm -hmm. of songs. Uh, that would be cool. Um, they're saying that's just, you know they're using the latest technology and everything for this this day show, so they should be able to plug in, have that all programmed. Okay, we're gonna use this for this night. There's your your you know your lighting, your bombs, and lasers, mm -hmm. all that you know programmed. So I, you know, I think that it, I think it'll do it. Uh, as a real quick. On that prior our prior topic about the Vinnie Vincent thing, I was gonna say yep. if Daniel's thing it says if, if it is a train wreck at that uh, you know in Nashville, Memphis, Graceland, uh, Graceland, I said uh, well the one thing they can do is they can summon Elvis from the dead and you know help <laughs> <laughs> summon him and he'll he'll be the performer you know if they can do that instead of if uh, Vinnie fails. Back on the streets, ho ho ho. But yeah, it should be it should be interesting though. Just a um, quick thing about the interviews. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting when Paul talks about the great songs that Kiss ha ha oh, yeah, has written. He only mentions his own <laughs> songs. I think it's so bad. Can't he give you know throw a bone to Gene at least? Gene Call him Doctor Love. I love it loud. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I that, so that's bad. that's but, I mean are we are we really surprised I mean that this is typical Paul at his finest right but uh yeah it, it, it is interesting these interviews I don't know if you how many of them you've watched but th there are always these kind of tense moments where Paul will say something and all of a sudden Gene will interrupt and he'll start talking about his his always famous line about the more makeup and higher heels than oh, your yeah. mo mother bit he's been saying that for the last 25 years now yeah. you know but it's interesting when you watch their reactions of how each other talks. I mean, oh, yeah. will will these guys last three years? That's the big question. <laughs> That's a good you know, question. will they get on each other's nerves by the end of it? You know, who knows? Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's leave that there now. And I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of this stuff in some of these other bits that we're going to do here. But let's talk about our first segment that we're going to do. And just for you listening out there, today's episode is going to be broken into two segments. This first segment is one of those kind of prediction segments where we're going to come up with questions, or I'll come up with questions, and we'll discuss them and give our kind of best knowledge into what we think will happen along with these questions. So before we get started, I do have one thing I want to ask you guys really quickly that has to do with the end of the road tour, because this is our end of the road tour predictions here. I find one thing very interesting, and I'm inter interested to get your reaction to this. So they've announced the North American dates already. I've also seen that they've posted dates for Australia. I haven't caught if they've released any European dates. Have yes. they or have they not? Yes, they have. They have, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then that kind of answers my question about that, because I wasn't sure if there were any European dates announced already then is there anything in your neck of the woods already there yeah there's one uh, at the famous sweden rock festival they're going uh -huh. to headlo headline that one Good. so but it's unfortunately that's the only 
thing that they seem to be doing here in Sweden. But maybe they'll come back, you know, a year later. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Because I, I prefer going to a Kiss show more than a festival. I'm there for Kiss. Yeah. So the Kiss fans and you know all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So let's start with our first question. So let's compare to, let's say, the 1996 reunion tour. How do you think this tour is going to compare monetarily compared to that tour? Okay, let's start off with Daniel. Uh, I have a question. That's a sure. big word for me. Monetary. What did you say? How do you think it's, how do you think it's going to do money-wise? Like, do you think it'll make okay, as okay. much money? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't know if you speak a second language, but some words you. Yeah, I do. Slow that. Like, yeah. yeah. Like gymnasium. You know, there, there's a few holes in, in, in the knowledge there. Yep. But uh, uh, well, I think it will do. Probably, pretty similar in the beginning. I think it will go over quite well. At least I ho I'm hoping, because I see there's somewhat of a buzz going on and. I, and I do know that in Europe, at least here in Scandinavia, there will be huge crowds, I think. I think they will be able to play oh, yeah. well, well over 10,000 people. No problem. And that's why I'm surprised they only are going to play a festival here in Sweden, because uh, we, we, uh, we like our kiss here. So. And I think they'll do quite good in America as well. And if they don't, they will probably come up with something to to get the numbers up because uh, they're willing to change stuff, maybe add a few other acts and, and stuff like that. But, but by the end of this leg, you know, I'm not sure how long. When the, when are they playing Australia? That's the end That's of this. No, November, I think they said. November. November. Yeah. I think it might be hard to continue after that, much like the uh, reunion tour. You know, it was a great success success initially mm -hmm. uh, and it carried on over to Europe but by the end of 97 uh, the, when they played like Eastern Europe and, and, and countries over here uh, the numbers started started to dwell and, and um, they, they had to cancel a few shows uh, it's easy to forget because you mm -hmm. think of the reunion as, as this great success but it really wasn't as early as, as 97 it started to go down uh, so I think this will be probably similar in the in the sense that it will be successful initially and then the numbers will drop rather quickly. And I, I, I have a hard time seeing them playing for three years, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Ken? Yeah, well, the question monetary-wise, uh, um, you know, <laughs> first of all, and by the way, if this is uh, an audio version you're listening to, that was not me uh, peeing in the toilet. So <laughs> that was Daniel pouring, pouring, in, pouring in his coffee. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, the thing is, uh, first of all, I, can't, I don't think I can compare uh, the reunion with now. Um, I think. Those shows, the reunion, they sold out. I mean, right? They sold out fast, you know, in the same mm -hmm. day kind of thing. You know, Dodger Stadium. Uh, I remember I went to San Jose for that, and that sold out, I think, in the, that one day. You know, maybe two days max. But um, and they, they, I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I see it selling fast. I, I noticed well, Madison Square Garden. Uh, someone had posted that it was almost sold out. 
um, it looked like it at least. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, the tickets are selling fast, um, but I don't know if it's going to be as fast, you know, again, as a reunion. Um, as for making money, yeah, they're going to make a lot of money, uh, a lot because of the ticket prices. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, front row is $1,000, I think, um, and then the, the meet and greet packages, of course, and the merchandise and all that stuff. Uh, so they stand to make a lot of money. I think they're going to fill the arenas pretty, pretty good. If not, if they don't sell out, they'll, they'll be pretty, pretty packed. Um, so I think they're going to do well. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's kind of apples, oranges to me, uh, on the reunion versus this, cause it's, it's just different. It's a different it's, thing. Yeah. Now. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. It's a different, you know, it's, it's not, that was a reunion. They hadn't played together the original lineup, at least at that time. This is not the original lineup. This is a lineup that's been playing together for, you know, whatever, 18, you know, almost 18 years, I guess, uh, maybe 16 years. But uh, so it's just a different thing. And, and the world's different now. And the whole way you get tickets and all that kind of stuff is all different. So and they've been around. They've been touring. Right. They have been here and there you know anyway so i think it's yeah. gonna be a little slower it's it's interesting though um i i understand the apples and oranges but how you're saying that one thing is a bit different than the other on one hand though i kind of see a little bit of similarity in the sense that when the reunion happened it was something that the people were really clamoring for they wanted to see the original members they wanted to see the makeup back so it was a big thing. It sold out fast, like you said, bam, bam, bam. Now, if what we believe is true, that this is the last tour that they're going to be doing now, then there's also that kind of um, feeling amongst a segment of people that are saying, okay, well, it's now or never. So there's that right. kind of that vibe within now there. What I do notice, though, online, though, and now this is not the majority, but you still get that small little pocket of people that are still questioning whether this is going to be their last thing, believe it or not. I still, I still see yeah. it here and there. You know, I believe it's going to be the last thing. I mean, I really do. But you, it's funny that there's still that little segment of people who still question it, you know. <laughs> and I, I think what's different, too, is because of the fact that, like you said, they've been touring for so many years now, nonstop pretty much. Um, I think the the anticipation to get tickets is not as urgent as it was in the reunion tour right so i think like by now like you said uh in the reunion tour madison square garden sold four nights out like i think in like two days like all of them were pretty much gone in like record time and now the fact that madison square garden is not sold out yet is a little bit telling right i mean who could who knows what that could be for all we know maybe if they add another uh, a good opening band or maybe another band with them the numbers might skyrocket and go up even further, which is interesting that they still haven't really even announced anybody touring with them, too. That's another thing you have to keep in mind. So that's interesting. I'm curious to see how that's going to happen and whether Daniel's prediction will be true that as time goes on, the numbers might dwindle and it might become harder and harder to keep this thing on the road. So let's go on to our next question. Now, what I'm curious about here is... What do you think the press reaction is going to be 
to the tour as it goes on? Do you think they'll be getting favorable reviews for this tour? Or do you think this is going to be just one of these things where they're just going to be like, eh, two-minute segment, then just on to the next thing? Let's start with uh, Ken this time. Okay. Um, if the show is <laughs> has changed a lot and they've done a lot of different things to the stage, I mean, you know, redesigned or designed, I guess, a, a brand new stage that's very functional, does a lot of things, more explosions, more fire, more, you know, the lasers, I guess. Um, if they change it up and, and, you know, do other things too that we don't know or not going to expect, that's very cool. Um, it could, yeah, look at, I think they'll get some good reviews. Plus the fact that if they're using some of the, if they use some of the backing tracks, you know, uh, for Paul's you know, lead singing, um, maybe. But you know what? Uh, having saying saying that, uh, that cruise when he was singing "Hide Your Heart," he seemed to be handling that pretty well, and that's not a backing track. So mm -hmm. I guess there's a possibility his voice has been, you know, or his vocal cords. Maybe they did something. I don't know. Or it's just the rest that he's had. And and doing three nights in a row is going to wreck it, you know, um, something like that. Because I know he's going to do three nights in a row in California. And I'm on the third night of that three nights. Oh, boy. And, and so I'm kind of worried about that. So we'll see how that, <laughs> what yeah. happens there, whether we'll know. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll know after the first few shows and what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I think they may get pretty decent reviews if the sound's good and all the show is just, you know, to go out with a bang. Um, otherwise, yeah. otherwise if they don't and the stage stinks and doesn't really, does not really changed much from the prior, then it may, you know, it may, it may get some lackluster reviews. Hmm. I'm curious, uh, Daniel, what you think about this? Because sometimes I find that the media is a bit different over in uh, your neck of the woods than it is over here. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, I think at this point, uh, you know, I remember last time they played Sweden Rock, they got pretty bad reviews, mostly because of, you know, Paul singing. Uh, they were over here with the Spire stage. I don't remember the year. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but that's not very common because most of the time they have been receiving... Uh, good reviews over here, and mostly because at this point they are respected veterans, you know. Uh, with all the, you know, the singing isn't what it was. Uh, the movement is less by the band members and so on. But I think the journalists over here kind of pay respect to the band somewhat. Uh, they. The, they see everything that the band has done for rock music and rock history, and they take that into account. Mm -hmm. So I think they will get decent reviews over here. Maybe not five out of five that they got when they were here on the reunion tour. Then the media was just like blown. It was like they were witnessing a moon landing or something. <laughs> and they got great reviews everywhere. And uh, But I think they get decent reviews. Not five, maybe three, three and a half stars out of five. 
and also the, the the reviews will include some kind of homage to to the band and and so it will be positive re- re- reviews i think positive yeah great uh, it's, it's interesting over here in canada at least um there be on quite a few different uh you know news outlets and they've also been broadcasting some of the american stuff like the good morning america kind of stuff mm-hmm. over here and it's uh it's it's interesting because similar to what daniel was saying i've noticed that they've been kind of focusing on you know the rock and roll hall of fame inductee kiss now you know what i mean before it used to be just you know kiss and they didn't really it seems like the respect level has gone up now that they've become rock and roll hall of fame members now which is very interesting because uh mm. i think once that happens they they give them a little bit more slack i find they're not they don't have as much negative to talk about or, or they don't really poke the bear as much because of that i find i find that that respect level is now at that point where they kind of let a little bit more things slide because never once, and I'm sure that they were told not to talk about that, but never once did they mention anything about Paul's voice in any of these interviews at all. And most yeah. journalists, I would suspect, would have maybe have thought in the back of their mind to say, you know, you've had some trouble before, Paul, with your voice. How do you think three years is going to be on your voice? But not a single peep about that from anybody. So I think that they're kind of trying to keep that on the down low. And I think that they're going to get decent reviews. I mean, as long as the show turns out okay and people walk out of there with a smile and, mm-hmm. you know, have great things yeah. to say, I think the reviews will be good. So, yeah, yeah interesting. I'm very very uh, interested with your comments there. That was good, guys. I like that. Um, so next, here's another question I'm curious about. As we know, when KISS goes on these kind of really big kind of tours, like when they went on the reunion tour, something similar happened. Well, we're going to see if something similar happened, but what kind of products do you think KISS will release during this tour? Do you think that they will release another compilation, for example, during this tour to help promote this thing again? I mean, you know how this kind of thing is bound to happen or something that will be associated with this end of the road tour. What do you think will happen from that end of it for this tour? Let's let's try uh, Daniel. Okay, I think... um at least we'll get something like the uh, Las Vegas experience, you know, uh, a DVD and a CD, mm-hmm. something like that. But I'm hoping for more. But but I th- I guess I'm not sure we'll get much more than that. But 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 what I'm hoping for is some sort of continuation of the Kissology series that ended kind of abruptly mm. because uh, I think there were doing some good stuff but I guess it's 10 years ago by now but uh, releasing old footage uh, they could do that and they could include com- commentary uh, mm-hmm. and by this time when they have uh, when they have become friends with old band members you know at least Ace and and Bruce and to a lesser extent Vinny and Peter they could in- include those guys as well and have, you know, like a sit down, you know, like, like most old TV shows from America do like Seinfeld or, mm-hmm. or the, or the, even famous films like Goodfellas and stuff like that. Just have them sitting around a table and remini- reminiscent of reminiscent. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, I think that would be easily done. And Gene seems to have, you know, uh, got closer to the old 
band members. So I don't think that's an impossibility. So I'm really hoping for, for something like that. Yeah, that would, you know, like be a nice end of things. Seeing them together, talking about old stuff, having a good time. Great. Ken, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, actually, I, you know what? I like Daniel's idea. I usually don't, but I, I like it. No, <laughs> no, really. uh, no I, I do. I like the idea of the kissology kind of thing. Uh, maybe that rumored kissology, um, boy, it would be great if they got the kissology for, or this called kissology, whatever. And, and, but the kissology collection, maybe they call it. <clears throat> so they have mm -hmm. the first three, you know, in there. Uh, and then they have four or, you know, the newer stuff on yeah. there too, plus anything else that they've come up with. Plus in this big box, they put the documentary. They finally released oh. this documentary in there, which would be a great way to, for people, other newer, new fans could, you know, learn the history uh, because mm -hmm. the history is not there in Kissology. It's kind of, yeah, you, you can see some of the history, but. It's, there's nothing in real good documentary other than a Cadillac, you know, kind of yeah. Cadillac High thing and stuff. But, yeah, a, a proper documentary in there would be great. Um, and and I, I agree with Daniel, you know, and maybe an additional, you know, hour of them sitting around, the living members, former members, sitting around talking about, certain weird you know subjects of the certain times and and highlights of their their career i think that would be i'd buy that like like that you know that that'd be awesome <laughs> to do and now the other thing that daniel said about you know the like the kiss rocks vegas thing i think they'll save that for the end of the year they'll record stuff the best stuff for during the the whole year and then release it at the you know November Christmas time whatever uh, yeah. to put the a uh, the concert you know the tour on there uh, for fans to buy so that's my thinking but who knows interesting interesting I mean I think those are all very probable I think that uh, unfortunately there are probably going to be another one of these compilations coming out it never fails. I mean, at the very least, the record label will want to capitalize on this last big swing of momentum. Um, another thing that I was hoping that will happen, mainly because now that we have new costumes, is maybe we're going to get a new set of dolls with these new costumes now. Oh, maybe yeah. they're going to come out with a new set of them because, you know, the costumes have changed. They're not radically different, but they are different enough that it might warrant to make a new set Mm -hmm. of, of dolls and i know people like andrew scambati who is a big collector of these sorts of things would be probably jumping for joy if he you know heard that there was a new set of these things coming out so you know yeah. there are a lot of collectors out there too and i'm sure that people like gene who are you know businessmen looking on the dollar all the time could probably realize that maybe it might make sense to do something like that and maybe put out a new kind of kiss magazine remember when they did the reunion tour they had that special edition magazine that oh, yeah. came out at that point where they can maybe do another one of that as well that, to come out. That's so cool. I think that I think that's a good possibility that those things might happen. So again, good answers, my friends. Um, let's go on to the next question and the final one from this segment. Then we're going to move on to the other segment. Now we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I am curious to hear more your thoughts on this. Is during this end of the road tour, which 
of the which guests do you think will make an appearance during this tour? Now, we have seen Ace and Bruce on the cruise, but that doesn't necessarily mean they might make it on the tour. What are your gut feelings on who will appear during this tour? So let's start with Ken this time. What are your What's your gut feeling? Uh, okay, the, my gut feeling is that, yes, Ace and Bruce will pop up on in random random shows uh, here and there, depending on, you know, location, logistics, where they are at the time. Um, though, you know, Ace doesn't have any scheduled dates uh, either. So as I kind of wonder, um, will they, you know, bring them along? I'd like to see them at every show. I would just love to see them included at every show somehow, fit them in. Um, that would be great. Uh, for a couple songs here or there, um, but you know, I'm just hoping it happens even a few shows. It would be nice just you know see it happen. Um, as for Peter Chris, uh, well, Vinny, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> as for Peter Chris, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see Peter Chris maybe near maybe Madison Square Garden. Uh, I I bet you they'll be able to get him out there to do Beth at the end of the show for Madison Square. I, I would almost, I'd put a high percentage bet on that one. <laughs> I'll put some money down on that one. So, yeah, uh, I think it can happen. Uh, again, I, I'd love for it to see it happen every show, but, you know, that's, I don't know. I don't see it. That's. I don't think that's a possibility. Hmm. So, Daniel, what do you think? Well, I think Ken is uh, right on the money. Uh, I agree uh, 100%. But uh, except um, if, you, if you take into account the opening acts, uh, we'll see. Uh, you may might get a few other guest appearances from, from uh, important rock and roll personas. Uh, mm -hmm. Because by the start of the tour, I think they will have like a pretty cheap opening act uh, not very well known of course and then when uh, they uh, will have problem problems moving tickets they might add a better opening act a more famous one yeah. and I, i'm really hoping for you know like alice cooper uh, yeah alice cooper would be a great one judas priest would be even better but 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 they might afford to have cooper on the show and then he would make guest appearances you know as mm. much like uh, joe perry did when when they played with aerosmith and that guitarist from def leppard i'm sorry i don't know his name julian but Bill Cullen. Uh, Bill uh, Cullen, yeah. i know julian is a big def leppard fan they are also playing sweden rock festival this year so Mm. By the way, yeah. So, uh, so, so I'm hoping for you know Ace Bruce on the no-brainers. Hopefully, Peter Chris. Uh, I don't see Lena doing doing the show, uh, and uh, hopefully Alice Cooper or a few other rock and roll icons. That would be great. Great. Yeah, I think you guys are pretty much right. I mean, um, I think that Ken pretty much took my thought out of my head and put it into his own as far as everything. Uh, I think Ace is going to be pretty much the one figure that will be there consistently because I think that, um, like you said, there's not much on his schedule right now as far as touring for Ace. So he has the availability. 
I'm not familiar with Grand Funk Railroad's touring schedule, mm. so I don't know how available Bruce would be, but he would definitely appear. I think there's no question about it. And I think you're right on the money about Peter Chris. We won't see him at all except probably for New York, and they'll pull him out for something like that. Maybe even maybe one other song. But I think mm -hmm. the money is on Beth, that he'll come out and do that. Right. And that'll be a big, big, huge highlight of the of that show. So I think that's a very wise uh, thinking amongst us. So good, good <laughs> answers, my friend. So let's move over to segment two. Now, this is a little bit more of a personalized thing, which I'm very curious to get your answers on, which is what I call, what does KISS mean to you? Okay, so let's start with a question like this, and we'll start with Daniel first. Do you remember the very first KISS album you bought, and what was it? Of course. <laughs> I've said this a few times before, but for me it was, um, I was in a tent in the backyard uh, at a friend's house, and we had like this boom box, and he had a black cassette tape. He had... You know, it wasn't it wasn't the original even. He had you know tape made a copy of the original, and I remember he putting it on, and the first song that popped out of the speakers was uh, "Heavens on Fire." And since that day, I guess it was maybe eight years old, nine years old, I was hooked. Uh, so I went ahead and. Eventually, I understood that the band was called Kiss, and I told my mom, I need some Kiss music. So at that point, uh, <laughs> Asylum had been released, uh, but I really wanted Heaven Safari. So, so, so she helped me, and uh, I got Animalize and Asylum at the same time as cassettes. Mm -hmm. And I remember playing the, those tapes over and over again, and to this day, some of the songs from, from those albums are, are, are my favorites. So um, that was the beginning for me. Very nice. Very nice. Ken, what about you? Yeah, I like Daniel. I've told my story here, too, on some episodes. But uh, it was uh, Alive 2. Alive 2. Uh, shortly after, uh, I guess earlier in that year, uh, a friend of mine showed me, you know, played some rock and roll over for me, um, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty good," and yeah. uh, I was like, "Oh, I like this." Um, so I didn't go out and buy it right away or that album, but I waited until the live two came out because it had, I know it had like uh, stuff from the following album, Love Gun, and and you know Christine sixteen calling Doctor Love, you know had a bunch of other stuff. So it was like a greatest hits live kind of thing to me in a way um to a degree i mean i didn't know much about case at the time but yeah that was the one i mean i i, I you know really remember everything about going down and buying it and bringing it home and the, the whole bit I, I absolutely remember that that moment so um that's the first album that started it all for me very interesting because i remember my first album that I actually got, and I think I mentioned this too on an episode, was I got Alive 1, like Alive, um, for Christmas for my sister. Now, that wasn't the first one that I actually bought myself. And I had to really think back to this, what was the one that I got myself? And I remember the very first thing I ever bought was the Lick It Up 45, 
I remember I had that mm. and I had, I had all hells breaking loose on the other side, I think, or that or not for the innocent. One of those two, I don't remember which one it is, but um, I bought the 45. And because of that 45, I remember asking my sister to take me to the local mall that we lived by and I bought Lick It Up. That was my first actual album that I had bought with my own money. I remember I saved up my allowance money and, you know, I went and I bought that and that was the first records I got. And then just like you guys, the ball rolled from there and then started collecting everything else that you can get your hands on. So it's interesting. I I know that we talked about this already before on prior episodes, but I wanted to have like a nice starting question for this and we'll take it from here. Now let's expand on that a little bit. Now, what was your first or what was the biggest, uh, what Kiss concert had the biggest impact on you that you went to? Let's start with Ken on this one. Which Kiss mm. concert that you attended had the biggest impact on you? It's kind of kind of hard. I mean, uh, the first one is is important, you know, because it's the first time I guess I was most excited about. Um, but it, it's kind of that one is more of a blur to me. <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh, I was just uh, overwhelmed, you know, uh, and just I don't know the fandom of it. I guess at the time. Um, seeing your your heroes for the first time on stage, you know, kind of thing, um, live. Um, but I think the thing was is I'm gonna say uh, Creatures of the Night uh, that tour you know, that had a big impact. I mean, especially after they trailed off a little bit with some of the albums there, you know, from Dynasty through the Elder. And when they came back, and that was, and they they came out like man we're gonna cut your throats you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna and they were just the energy and the effort uh, that they had i mean they sweat like crazy they were just giving it all and they wanted it they wanted their you know take their seat back at the top of the you know rock uh, you could see it you could just really see it and and man i just got into that and i had you know, just up front for the first show that I saw on that. And, uh, boy, it was, it was a big impact and I really got into it. Man. It was awesome. Great. Great memory. What about you, Daniel? Well, I'm just curious, Ken, what, what, what did you think about Vinny at the, at that show? What well, was it, your impression? It's interesting. You know, he kind of, you know, uh, I loved Ace, but it was, he kind of won over the crowd, I think, with his shredding ability, uh, his playing. I, even though he wasn't playing the uh, Ace solos, you know, note for note or anything like that, he didn't do that. No, no. Um, but it, I, I had respect, I mean, for his abilities. Mm. Um, and the, the, the band just sounded tight and ripped through, you know, the songs with you know with him and Eric Carr you know at the time yeah uh, they yeah. just they blew us away it was it was pretty mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. yeah the, you know uh, my era my first Eric Kiss was was uh, of course Bruce Kulick and Eric Carr and then later on uh, Eric Singer replaced uh, Carr and um, I'm kind of bummed out that I didn't get to see any of those. Uh, mm eras you know because that was really when my hysteria was at its its height um 
but I do remember going to uh, the reunion shows and just being blown away by the interest that the band generated because I went through my teens, you know, being the only Kiss fan around. <laughs> I'm not sure if you have similar experience, but but I was the only, I was kind of ridiculed. Every other guy liked Metallica. And a bit later on, it was Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. And my only focus was Kiss during those years. I was uh, the only one. Uh, but I didn't take the easy way out and, and uh, started to listen to other bands. I, I kept uh, loyal to, to, to Kiss. But then they changed uh, the lineup. And uh, uh, I, I wasn't really happy that you know, they gave Eric and, and Bruce the boot. Uh, but at least it was still Kiss, and I went to the shows, and I was blown away, you know. Everywhere you looked, I was at Stockholm Stadium two nights in a row. I think there were like 35,000 each night. Uh, face Faces painted, everyone singing. Uh, and I was blown away by that. Then I... You know, I missed Eric Singer's drumming, for, for instance, but, but the whole vibe was something that I've never felt at any other concerts ever. You know, it was extremely, uh, they were were the hottest ticket in in the world by that point. So it was so cool that this band that no one cared about a year back, suddenly everyone likes it. It it was sort of, just that feeling was great. Uh, But then I remember going up to people and, ah, let's sing Parasite. Uh, and they didn't know the songs <laughs> they had no clue <laughs> so I guess it was you know like the, they were casual no, fans yeah, yeah casual yeah Yeah. interesting very interesting Um, because for me you know I missed a few concerts similarly to like Daniel which I regret missing you know uh, there was a time I was able to go to see the Asylum tour but I couldn't go because of a prior commitment so I missed going to that Um. You know, and those are really like like a like a stab in the heart when you can not able to go to something like that. But I did get to see the reunion tour. I did mention that. But that's not the one that had the biggest impact on me. The one that did have the biggest impact on me was the Psycho Circus tour. And I'll tell you why. Because I had gone with my bandmates to the reunion tour. And we had a good time and it was awesome. But on the Psycho Circus tour, I ended up taking my older sister who introduced me to Kiss mm-hmm. and my, I have three sisters. So my older sister, and then there's two younger ones. Now the one that's one, the one, not the youngest one, but the one older than her, I took her as well to go see Kiss. Now she wasn't really a big Kiss fan at all. She knew like a handful of Kiss songs, maybe, mm-hmm. but taking them and having them sit on either side of me when we went to see and when Kiss came on, this was something that will live in my mind for the rest of my life because seeing my sister who had loved them since they were like formed pretty much. Okay. And seeing her just singing every single song and jumping up and down and just being so loud. My ear almost went completely deaf from her screaming the whole night. And then seeing my younger sister who didn't know half the set list, but loved every single moment of it. Her eyes were just glued to that stage. Like when she saw Gene go up and do the blood thing and everything, she was like in complete awe watching it. You know, like she had never seen anything like that. She went to like, you know, 
bands. I don't know if you know any of these bands, Daniel. Like there was a band here called the Grapes of Wrath in Canada here. And they were like a just like a regular alt rock band. And she went to like concerts like that. So it was nothing like a Kiss show, right? So for her to go see a band like this, it was like a complete shock. And I'm telling you, I, I'd watched the show, but I, I I have to admit half the show, I just enjoyed watching them and their reactions of, of seeing this concert and they really enjoyed it. So that to me was really the biggest Kiss concert, like the impactful Kiss concert for me. So yeah, yes, in, cool. go on. In short, I would just like to add, I think yeah, second on my list have to be the Gene Simmons show I went to this year sure. because it, it was like, <laughs> you know, things went full circle sort of. I, 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 I'm not really sure if, well, I guess I'll, I'll go and see the this final tour as well. But for me, that was like closure, you know, seeing... Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene uh, one final time and I really enjoyed the show you know with that backing the, the band he had and, and everything sounded great and it was quite a while since Kiss sounded great to me but that show really sounded awesome and I had a great time so great great so a um, couple more questions we'll do and then I think we'll wrap it up but I have a, I have a, another one that I'm interested in we kind of touched on this a little bit but let's get a more accurate answer of this um what kiss event do you regret the most that you missed what kiss event did you regret the most missing out on so let's uh let's try uh daniel first well uh, i guess the biggest regret is that i'm too young you know (laughs) missing out on those golden years uh, and Ken mentioning the Creatures of the Night tour, you know, I, I've always been in it for, for, you know, the live shows and the music. I, I'm not that into, you know, I wouldn't regret missing the Kiss Coffin or some <laughs> merchandise piece. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really care. Well, it's it's fine and all, but, but, but that's not the main thing for me. To me, it's always been about the music and the performance. So when I think back... Uh, uh, I'm really, I would have liked to have seen more live shows from, uh, you know, the band in, in its heyday. Uh, just think of being able to, to go into the Love Gun tour or the Creatures of the Night tour, or even the Animalizer, the Asylum tour that you missed out on there. Uh, those would have been great. And the Revenge tour, never mm-hmm. saw them. I was in England about two weeks after they played, you know, they played England in May, I think, of 92 great shows with Lee and the Swings, you know, and uh, I was like two weeks after that, I was in England. I was 14, 15, and I missed out on that one. That would really have been great seeing them back in 92. So I guess if I could change anything, I would have been in England two weeks earlier and been to that Kiss show in London. That would have been great, but, you know, that's how things go, yeah. Very, very interesting. What about you, Ken? It's kind of hard. Um, the, I mean, I could say I, at some point late down the road, I might say the cruise because I haven't gotten to a cruise yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if there's, there's maybe more. There's still a chance, I guess. Um, but otherwise, I think, I think about when uh, my friend, when I lived in Colorado. Um, had that lived across the street had 
showing me the first Kiss album, and I totally blew it off. I think about <laughs> that. That had I really had I really paid attention uh, and and listened to that, and maybe even saw the Paul Lynn special even. Um, but uh, but paid attention, I probably would have. I probably would have seen Kiss. Uh, in 77, summer of 77, uh, at the Cow Palace here, mm. when they played on the, uh, you know, the the day that Elvis died, that concert. Yeah. Um, I, that would have been probably my worst, uh, my, my first show, not my worst, but my first, it probably would have been very cool. Um, I, I just can only imagine what that would have been like. And, um, you know, kind of, it bugs me when I think about how how did I blow that off, but it's just it was just that image on the first album cover. I don't know what to make of it. Again, I thought I said they were clowns. <laughs> I said these guys are clowns. Uh, but had I seen the full, you know, the full costume, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that. that like whoa, I would say what's going on here, you know, and I was thought more dangerous. But I thought they were clowns. They were, they didn't seem dangerous at all by that first yeah. album cover to me. Not at all. So maybe that's that's why. I don't know. But anyway, I think that's it. That's the thing. Is I had I not blown that off, I would have gotten into them earlier. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now for me, I know that I mentioned the whole asylum tour thing, but that's not really my biggest regret. Um, my biggest regret is not going to see the residency in Las Vegas. Now, mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you yes, why that, because my younger sister, the one I took to go to the Psycho Circus tour, um, her husband is an IT specialist kind of guy, and he does a lot of business trips into America and frequents into Las Vegas mm-hmm. quite often. And he's told me numerous times you know, Mark, buddy, if you ever want to go to Las Vegas, let me know. I, I got, you know, because he has a hotel that he always goes to that the company takes him to and blah, 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 blah. And when the residency happened, he told me, he came right up to me, he goes, hey, listen, if you want to go, let me know and I, we can, I can hook it up and we can go down there. And I, I think that I didn't end up going because I think during that time something happened within our family, I don't know if it was some kind of medical thing that might have happened, but something prevented me from going. I'm trying really hard to remember what it was. Um, it, w- it probably might have been my leg. I know we also heard that story about how I broke my leg that time and I had to go in the hospital for months. And maybe it was still too early for me to go and fly and to do those kinds of things because I was still using a cane and stuff like that for months and months after I got out of the hospital. You know, so... I'm thinking it might have been that, or I know it was something to do of that nature that prevented me from going. Because every time I think about that, when I see my, you know, Kiss Rocks Vegas, you know, album and DVD and stuff like that, I'm always like, shit, man, I could have been there to see one of the shows and I didn't end up going. And my and my brother-in-law always keeps saying, ah, you fucked up, man. You could have went. I could have took you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, but, you know, it's better not to dwell on those kind of regrets, I think. You know, yeah. it, it, it happened, we missed it, but at least I have a document of it 
that I can always refer to and watch at any time. But that is definitely my biggest regret. So two more, and then we'll wrap it up. But I'm curious about this one. This is a question that I think uh, me and Daniel might have even talked about offline. And uh, we didn't go into it, but we kind of mentioned this kind of a question is um, when KISS is done, their end of the road tour, how will you continue your KISS fandom? You know, will there be another band once they're done that might take over their position in your, you know, music listening, you know, realm? Will will KISS be replaced when they're done? Or do you will you just continue your fandom in some different way? What do what do you what do we think there, uh, Ken? Yeah, it'll be taken over by KISS two point <laughs> Uh, no, I seriously, uh, I don't see anything taking over. You know, forget. I, you know, I'm a lifelong Kiss fan. Uh, you know, I never, never jump ship. Um, and uh, after it's over, if they don't tour anymore, I'm still going to listen to the music, watch the, you know, DVDs, the video, live concerts. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be purchasing, you know, a new product that they may, you know, hopefully release. That's that is, you know, in the form of music uh, or video, or you know, or uh, box sets, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it's nothing's gonna, you know, replace it. It's always gonna have its spot. Um, and you know, then then there's the other bands that kind of fall, you know fall below Kiss that are that I that I love you know, you know Rush and down the line you know Rush is no longer doing anything either, but doesn't mean I'm going to stop enjoying the music and new things that they release. Um, so yeah, nothing. I mean, no, there's there's new bands that come out that I, I mean, there's a there's a young band that I like that's been out a couple of few years now two albums and I just love love them to, to death I just think it's so different and, and cool um, it's, it has me excited it's, it, but it's nothing like Kiss Kiss is still going to have it it's who are they? Main well it's the Lemon Twigs um, mm -hmm. there's two brothers and it's prog you know, progressive pop um, mm -hmm. and man those guys are ta so talented it's not hard rock you know it's, it's more rock pop rock mm -hmm. you know um it's just it's just different um yeah. i really enjoy it but so yeah again kiss is just it's always going to be there uh they'll they'll stop but i'll still continue to be the fan very good what about you there daniel well i think it'll be interesting to see what they uh, do at the end of this tour that's coming up because I don't think they will end everything. Like uh, they will, they will come up with something to keep the brand alive. And it'll be interesting to see what it is. We've been talking about Kiss 2.0, and there's other stuff being talked about. Uh, I'm sure they will think of something that will uh, make Kiss feel, you know, current in some way. Uh, so uh, I'm. Uh, Kind of excited to see what will happen by the end of the tour. But uh, other than that, I've tried to replace Kiss a few times, you know. At times when nobody else cared about Kiss. You know, it wasn't that fun to be a Kiss fan. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So I strayed somewhat towards, I mean, remember I had a brief Judas Priest period during the Ripper Owens mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Uh, I like those albums a lot, but uh, yeah. that passed. And then I had a Stone Temple Pilots period and even a Frank Sinatra period. So yeah. I had a few periods, uh, but I always came back to Kiss. And I remember my friends tell me when I when I talked about Judas Priest, how much I like them. I remember one friend called Henrik, his Slayer fan. And he said, well, I know, Daniel, you, you will go back to Kiss. I said, never, never. I'm past that. I will never go back to Kiss. <laughs> Here's later and see what's happened. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, but in, in terms of something replacing um, the importance of Kiss in my life, that's, that's not going to happen. No way. Uh, uh, to me, it's uh, such a big part of my... Um, you know, childhood and teens and so many memories. You can never, you know, pick a new band and, and have the same feeling. So uh, I guess I would go on pretty much like now. You know, like Ken said, watch a few vids and listen to the music and uh, maybe li- listen to uh, some covers of Kiss songs that will come up in the future. And, and mm-hmm. so, so that's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Now, don't take this in the wrong way, Kiss Army, who's listening here. I didn't mean that as an insult that we should jump ship from Kiss. I'm just, it was just a way to get some sort of dialogue going in regards to it. But uh, um, because for me, I'll be honest, when when Rush uh, packed up their tents and said that they were not going to do anything anymore, I mean, they were my favorite, they're my favorite band in the world. And I took it hard. And for a little while, there was nothing going on with them. Like there was nothing going on. And, you know, it really tested my allegiance in the sense that, you know, I, I wanted, I, I always missed the idea of having something come up in the news feed about Brush, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on or something going on. And, and, and you know, when that when it completely did goes away, you know, sometimes you can't help but start stray, straying to somewhere else to look for something to, to, to kind of mm-hmm. fill that void a bit, you know. But then when Rush started releasing those box sets and stuff like that, then all was good because then there was something to look forward to again, right? Because another band I liked that did that, but luckily I wasn't a fan of them back in that period, was King Crimson. Mm-hmm. They had packed up in 74 and hadn't done nothing until like 81. Could you imagine if, mm-hmm. if, they, if that was like Kiss? Having Kiss wrap up and not do uh, nothing and not hear a single word for like seven years? Like, could you imagine? That's pretty hard to, to keep your fan allegiance in that mm-hmm. sense, right? But I mean, I'm like you guys. I I have my records, I have my DVDs and my videos. I mean, I at least watch Kissology one at least once a week, easily every week. I I love that. It's my favorite Kissology, the first one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, my my fan allegiance will stay with Kiss. And I, like you guys, I hope that while they're not going to be touring anymore, I hope that they go on and do some other things that keep our interest. And keep our, you know, focus on them and not, you know, completely lose interest in it. So, good, good comments. I, I thought those were excellent. One thing, one more thing is, uh, I think things like Kiss Expos mm-hmm. could fill that oh, yeah. void to some extent, and that yeah. will grow, grow and get bigger. You know, yeah. because one important thing is, is you know, that Kiss Army feeling that you're like the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's like rooting for the same team, you know. Yeah. Some yeah. people may root for Manchester United. We root for Kiss. And no matter mm-hmm. how bad they play, we still root <laughs> for Kiss, you know. 
yeah. and meeting other people like that. There's something. I, I guess if you're religious, you go to church and you have, you know, that uh, sense of a brotherhood. It's mm -hmm. it's much the same thing. So yeah. I'm hoping for more Kiss Expos and keep the Kiss Army alive and well. Good point. Great. Very well, very well put. So for our last question, uh, I'm kind of interested to hear your comments on this one now, too. Um, so which member of KISS do you think you will follow the most after this tour is done? So let's uh, let's go over to, to uh, Daniel. Uh, well, a hard question. You know, it's... It, it won't be Vinnie Vincent, I can tell you that. <laughs> but uh, having that said, uh, yeah, <laughs> he seems like a, a nut job. But but um, <laughs> but I'd say that uh, I think Ace Frehley is the one, you know, keeping hmm. uh, keeping keeping the rock and roll alive. You know, Paul is pretty much done, to be honest. I'm I'm hoping for a studio album from Paul. You know, he can still bring it. I mentioned earlier the the track he did for Ace Frehley's cover album. Uh, I love mm -hmm. that one. So I'm hoping for something in the vein of that. Uh, but other than that, I think Ace is the rock and roll guy. Gene seems to well. I, I love the tour he did, but he he's so. Um, What's the word in in uh, he's into a lot of stuff he's very eclectic so to speak diverse diverse mm -hmm. yeah so he, he and i'm into mu music rock and roll that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and gene seems like he, he he has so much going on that i'm sure ace will still be a rock and roller and i'm i'm uh, surprised the way he has been releasing records over the last few years it's really impressive the way even though I, I don't like all the songs I love new music from KISS members and he's the guy bringing it mm -hmm. so I mm -hmm. think I will become uh, an Ace fan and follow Ace more because I, I, I'm not seeing a lot coming from the other guys so I, I think I'll follow Ace cool very cool I, I didn't honestly expect that to be quite honest with you oh. but uh, very cool Daniel what about you Ken yeah, for me, I think it's going to be Gene probably, um, in the hopes that he w does a an album, a solo album with his Gene Simmons band, in the hopes that also that hey, it, yeah, that's Ace Frehley's band. Yeah, now it's Ace Frehley's band. <laughs> now it's Ace Frehley's band. But Gene's formerly Gene Simmons band, but anyway, that band and and get into the studio and and record some stuff. Um, either you know unreleased stuff that he's demoed before or 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 just new material that rocks they're a rock band really and i think they could really put out a, a nice solid rock album um with gene sing and gene could still sing and play and sing so not a problem there um so i think it it would be pretty cool if they could you know do that what? and maybe tour on it do another you know, tour because I, I I didn't get to see him like Daniel did. But why not Ace and Gene together doing an album with their Could band? Be, yeah, they, that would be awesome. 
Yeah. Have have six Ace Frehley songs and six Gene Simmons songs and, and have them writing stuff together, doing a rock and roll album. That would be something. Gene Simmons Ace Frehley project. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's I, I'd be all for that. That'd be great. Yeah. That that's actually a really really good idea. Uh, that that right away when you said that, it kind of made me sit up right away thinking mm-hmm. that not only is that a good idea, but that's the possibility of that yeah, is actually absolutely. there it's because possible. they they have written together, mm-hmm. and the, and from the reaction that I've read about the album in the press, the songs that they wrote together are the ones that people actually do enjoy. So maybe they have something there. You know what I mean? Maybe when they realize that their writing together could produce more fruit as they say like money wise for gene and stuff like that then he might can he might seriously consider it now for me um i've always been a big bruce kulik fan i've been uh you know following him for quite a while and i've always been hoping that he'll do another solo record i like bk3 quite a bit and a lot of his other stuff that he's done as well and the every anytime he's been involved in a project whether it's the eric singer project or Union or something like that. I always thought that his material was they're pretty strong when his, with his involvement. His guitar playing is always fantastic. I've, I've always thought of him as a great player. So for me, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that maybe he'll go back to doing some of his own stuff. But I mean, you know, Grand Funk is a difficult band for him to probably give up playing. It's a It's a solid touring act. It's a solid, steady paycheck. And you know how that is. You know, nowadays the way the music business is, to have a steady paycheck is pretty rare mm-hmm. these days, right? So I think that, you know, as long as he can maybe keep that secure, I'm hoping that he might give us some other, you know, solo material as well. But I have to admit, though, just now, you guys saying this Ace Gene thing, I'm going to secretly be pulling for that now, <laughs> you know, to happen because I, I think it's a great idea. And yeah. if anything, you'll have half of Kiss still technically alive in the form what's the difference paul and gene and then you have gene and ace now right so you know some people might argue that there's a big difference but still i mean you know (laughs) technically you have two people from kiss who could be out there and making music so i think it's a great idea and what a great way to end our segment on such a fantastic idea so thank you guys very much for having this brilliant Brilliant conversations today with this. I think this is uh, went really well. I think Julian will be pleased, and uh, I hope everybody out there who's been watching will enjoy our little conversation that we had here. And uh, don't forget to put in your comments. Uh, tell us that we're right or wrong, or give us your memories of stuff that you've done throughout the your Kiss fandom. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll be responding to it one way or another. And uh, on behalf of myself. Marcus Almighty, on behalf of Daniel, Mr. Weez, and uh, 69th Blizzard Ken, thank you very much for watching. Be sure to check us out on the board and all the places that you normally see podcasts, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye for now. Great job. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.